Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, because we're back, and we're going to talk about one... Star Wars! Star Wars, Star- exactly. I'll put my Bulbasaur away, sorry. Yes. <laughs> How, I mean, so, so Star Wars Celebration was not too long ago, and the amazing stuff that came out of there, wow, I mean, just awesome. I, I, th- I think the, the trailer for uh, Season 3 was just... Was, oh, yeah, Rebels was just spine tingling and brought back some really cool characters. And you know, um, so let, let's kind of talk about that, and then we can talk about some other stuff that came out of there. So, I mean, we the biggest, uh, the biggest, baddest, awesomest detail about the trailer to start off, because freaking Admiral Thrawn is back. Yes. Not to be more excited to see him reintroduced into canon. Oh. Yeah, I mean. The thing that I really love is, even though they've tweaked it a little bit, you know, it's he's not showing up in the same same time frame as we had in the EU, but we're gonna see Thrawn as he is. I mean, you, just from him speaking in that trailer, I just got tingles because I know he's gonna. We're gonna get the master tactician, the the ruthless person that he is, and now I really have to wonder if he's gonna show up in Rogue One. I know. I really believe that that was him, minus the blue, of course. But uh, now, for a while, I mean, it's got to be like some kind of Thrawn character. Maybe uh, even like uh, what's his name, Paleon, uh, uh, Captain P- Paleon, or is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he's also an amazing character. So it, just seeing Thrawn reintroduced makes me feel like maybe some things that he was associated with in the Thrawn trilogy might have a shot at coming back as well. Thrawn himself is amazing, and I'm totally fine with just having him. Mm-hmm. But it does get me excited about, um, oh, what's his name, uh, uh, Roshar. What what was the guy's name? The lizard people. You remember in the book? It's been so long since I've read it. Uh, it's been a while. Oh, man. Let's see if I can. Well, the important my... part is capes are back. That's the real important part, right? What's that? Oh no, it's just capes are back. That's that's the important part about Star Wars is that capes are back. Sorry, go on. You guys were in a serious um, moment there. But anyway, I I'm also excited to see Thrawn. Of the which the Rook. It's R U K H. Rook. Rook. The Rook. Rook. The yeah. Rook. Yeah. And he he was scary to begin with too. They remind me of the species in um, Zathura, the lizard people. Oh yeah. yeah. They remind me of them quite a bit. 
and um, I'm hoping to see them. But uh, like I was saying before, it's so exciting to see a villain that I am so like I'm actually intimidated by him because I've seen some of my favorite heroes get outwitted, outsmarted, and beaten to a bloody pulp because of him. Yeah. And to see him go up against new heroes and new characters that I've grown to love, it opens up you know, my mind to new adventures with Thrawn that I haven't experienced yet. That's if I get to experience it for the first time uh, again, which mm-hmm. is exciting. And I, I, do you want to explain Thrawn a little bit for people who haven't read the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn? Oh, I, what is the best way to 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 uh, to explain Thrawn? I mean, he's always hmm. he's always come off to me as like a classy and and well-mannered joker like he sees everything and he 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 understands people in a deeper level with the most yeah. random details well he he's definitely he he definitely comes from the unknown origin so or region so way beyond the outer rims um from the the chiss expansionary defense i believe it was called um so if you've ever read, if if you go back and want to read a really good book, read Outbound Flight. It it's a a special flight uh, starship that was designed and Obi Wan and Anakin was on it. So it was before he became Vader, and so they went out there and that's when they kind of found him. But uh, he he he's brilliant. I mean, he sees moves like I would say 15, 20 moves ahead of anything out there. So bringing him into the Imperial era this early, that just makes me wonder where the heck he was during Episode 4, 5, and 6 at this point. Right, so, right. Because – In the book and close the book rather quickly in Rebels or maybe even Rogue One. But Yeah, I mean he, he would have been outwitting Luke. I mean like every move possible and Han and mm-hmm. all this. So I really – I'm excited to see him because now – yeah, because I get I know the character, but then at the same time I'm wondering, well, what happens to make it so that he's not part part of four, five, and six, um, or maybe he doesn't show up in Rogue One because something Ezra and Kanan do beforehand to, and so I now all these questions are spinning in my mind um, because there's just all these possibilities with this character, and especially in the storyline. A lot of people that follow me and Jess are familiar with Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. And I think it's very appropriate to say that he reminds me of almost a you know, non-Force-sensitive um, officer version of Revan. Like, in the oh, yeah. plans things. Really? Oh, yeah. He That's is cool. a brilliant, brilliant admiral. Like, he's a, he is. He's a, a, a field general and a space general. He's just so precise in his in his attacks and in his actions, and it throws everybody off every time he, he pulls off anything. Hmm. And they don't know how to gather themselves, and he uses every single detail from what you had for breakfast to the artwork in your house in consideration in, in making his attacks. So like how you play fantasy football. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is one thing. I, know, I, I remember... Timothy Zahn talking about this character long, long ago, and he—he's the one that created Thrawn. He's—he. This is how he described Thrawn. Thrawn's command style is considerably different from that of Darth Vader, um, and very uh, different from Imperial commanders. Instead of punishing failure and dissent, Thrawn promotes creativity among his crew and accepts ideas from subordinates. Nice. And um, Thrawn 
his version of the Empire, because he he came to power after Palpatine had already died. Um, his empire was much different than Palpatine's because Thrawn didn't suffer from Palpatine's megalomania and xenophobia. I mean, he accepted other races and stuff, and you know, so that's where this is interesting because Thrawn came really showed up after Palpatine was already killed, but now he's there when Palpatine's alive. So what does that say? It's it's very interesting to think because I mean I guess I don't know what it is in canon now I have to imagine it's similar but we mm-hmm. all know that the emperor was not a fan of alien races he was oh very no angry. not at all and to see Thrawn active in in the time of this galactic civil war is very significant because it means that Thrawn must have brought something you know uh, too unrefusable to the to the table and yeah. he had to be implemented and that. Yeah. It's almost a sign of weakness in the Emperor, but a sign of strength at the same time. Well, and, and I know Dave Filoni loves this character, so I'm sure he petitioned hard, because I know he wanted him to show up in Clone Wars, and so he's probably petitioned really hard and finally got the approval for him to show up uh, in Rebels, which I think works well. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, how does this look on the, the Emperor because of his xenophobia at the same time? What did Thrawn lay at the table for that to not matter anymore. I have a question about uh, the prejudice. This may be a stupid question, but I mean, aren't, is, is it just based on looks? Because aren't, I mean, even though everybody looks the same, they're from different planets anyway, so technically they're all aliens to he, each other? He just doesn't like anything that's non-human. That's yeah. Only yeah. humans are allowed in the Imperial Navy, in the Imperial ranks, anything like that. So the fact that come from different planets aliens. doesn't, it's not no. determined. No, it, it's racial. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely uh, a bigot in a way, Um, because you know if they're human, they're human. Doesn't matter if they're from Corellia or whatever, what or Tatooine or what planet. As long as they're human, they're okay. Um, He just he doesn't like the huts. He doesn't like uh, the Ewoks. Anything that isn't human, he hates. So and he hates the Ewoks. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is really interesting. Because, you know, his master wasn't human. You know, Palpatine's master wasn't human. He was immune. So it's just like, where did this xenophobia come from? I mean, really. He had something to do with it because he ended up betraying him and stabbing him in his sleep anyway. There you go. Yeah. Maybe he grew a sense of resentment for his master, which uh, went into his personal resentment yeah. failing right afterwards. Or, or maybe, not, not on thinking about this, or maybe it's because the Jedi Order was very open and welcoming to all alien races. That is a good point. Maybe just to make a point, he decided not to be like the Jedi. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Okay. Huh, I don't know. So, besides Thrawn showing up, we also got to see Ezra with a new uh, lightsaber design with a green blade, which was very interesting. It looks much similar to uh, Luke Skywalker's uh, hilt in Return of the Jedi, which I thought was interesting. That is super interesting to yeah. me. You wonder if there's any ties at all because it's it's too close for comfort. You know what I mean? I know it, it really is because I've I've been staring at it at all different angles and it's almost identical to Luke's uh, bl- blade hilt. And down to the color too of his new blade. Yeah, new fiber crystal. So very interesting there. Uh, we also see quite a bit of contention with uh, you know we see Darth Maul there training. Mm-hmm. Uh, him on how to open and how to use the Sith holocron we saw him collect at the very end of season two. Okay, they Darth were like, Maul is a is a smart 
butthead, but I am so happy that he's back. <laughs> I love this man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited primarily because we do get to see that. Oh, time. man. And can I just add that we now live in a world where we get to see stories and experience stories with Grand Admiral Thrawn and Darth Maul. I know. I know. It's time. like everyone's favorite villain on paper and everyone's favorite villain in the films. Well, mine. I guess a lot of people love Darth Maul the most, and so it's really cool that they're on the same show. Do you guys remember that show on uh, Spike TV where they would take two like uh, warriors from different uh, tribes. eras and yeah, tribes or whatever, uh-huh. and they'd put them to see who would win? It kind of feels like that to me. Like they shouldn't be there together, but there they are. And it's well, awesome. I mean, okay, I mean, well, not only that, we also got Vader running around at the same time. So we've got Maul, yeah. Vader, and Thrawn. It's like. It's like the be- beautiful, oh. perfect trifecta right now of hey, villains. <laughs> yeah. It's and yet cool. we, know, we know that two have to disappear sometimes so that, you know, a new hope can arise. Oh, my gosh, they're all the same person. You never see them in the same room. <laughs> 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 bullshit. <laughs> you know, it, it, we gotta, something's got to happen. I mean, to at least put Thrawn out of the picture for a little bit. Um, and then of course we know something has to happen with Darth Maul. What I don't know, but that's that, that's why season three is so exciting. Well, to be he, honest, basically he becomes a temple guard. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a temple guard. Yes, I was there the entire time. Yeah, still blows my mind. I know, and I still have that picture autographed in my home. Yes, good old Jason Isaacs. There yeah. I would love to see him come back, though. To come back? Well, no, just to come back, <laughs> that character, to come back, but I doubt it will happen. Well, and I asked him personally, and he said, he said, you know, he's like, one of the happiest days of my life is when I got the phone call and they told me that I was coming back and, and he, as the Inquisitor, and then they were like, whoa, don't get too excited. It's just <laughs> like one episode, calm down. And he was like, dang it! And he's like, Aww. Want more, but so far, he's like, that's all I get, just a crumb for now. Like, and so hopefully yeah. they, but I don't know. It'd be cool. That would be. Oh. So what else uh, can we talk about that came out of a uh, celebration? We forgot Kanan. Oh, okay. Kanan being blind. Oh, it's a super interesting concept. I haven't seen that I since like, Kato. I feel like Ezra looks. Yeah. Right. No. And Kanan is sporting an Obi-Wan-looking type beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and Ezra has a much shorter haircut, so it's kind of interesting. Okay. One's lost hair, one's gained hair. <laughs> so wait, how long after season two is this supposed to take place? Um, it's, it like a, after, right? it's a significant jump because it, we're now supposed to be very close to yeah, say, one. I thought you Rogue said, One. Huh. Yeah. said five years. I, no. I think it... Five. No. Because obviously Kanan has accepted his new infirmity. Uh, Ezra has taken massive leaps in his training from the trailer. I mean, he was good, but the spinning kick with the green lightsaber, that was amazing. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, it is weird because you realize how young Sabine probably was too. You really didn't realize it because she's changed quite a bit as well. She's much she's- She's a woman. She's much taller. She looks much more, you know, feminine and adults 
like instead of more of the preteen. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe her and um, Ezra were only two or three years apart. I'm also starting to wonder what Ezra and Darth Maul's relationship turned into in that time because you see him with uh, Kanan quite a bit. You see Ezra and Kanan talking, and, and, and I don't know if they're continuing training or what, else, what they're doing, but you also see him with Darth Maul quite a bit, messing around with holocrons, talking about the dark side, like, what's going on, Ezra? Like, what are you doing? I love seeing him walk this line so closely to the dark side, but I'm also wondering what his ultimate agenda is, because he keeps saying, we want to destroy the Sith, we want to destroy the Sith, but it seems like something deeper to me. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, everybody, hmm. they have a hold on things when they it's completely out of their control. So, we'll see. I think that's what he thinks. He thinks, oh, I'll just get the information and not be seduced. It'll be fine. I'm strong. I can handle it. And I, I think that he might be wrong. And Darth Maul's already seen this happen with Anne. Yeah. Not firsthand, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. He heard her on the scooter bike. It seems like everybody but Luke Skywalker knew about Darth Vader and Anakin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway. So another clip dropped. Um, I know it's not what we were all expecting, but it was just as epic. Uh, there was a behind-the-scenes look at Rogue One that premiered uh, on ABC during the Force Awakens special. What do you guys think about that? It's so cool. I, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting a full trailer. Yeah. I wanted to see a trailer where we got to see some sort of a hint of Vader, which we didn't get to see. But the footage, though, I did see was pretty cool. I mean, I will admit that. Um, and we got to kind of see some things like, the Asian guy that was fighting, he's blind. I, I didn't know that yeah. until I saw, you know, when they sh showed his face and you could see the, the scarring on his eyes and it's kind of that foggy look and it's like, whoa, this guy's blind and he's still taking out stormtroopers. This is even more cool. And, you know, it... it Kanan. Eh, <laughs> can't be him. But, you know, it's just... It was really cool to see. It was cool to see the different uh, alien races that were in there. It was it was cool to see even the new uh, trooper helmets. I mean, we've never. I mean, it's always been the standard oh, stormtrooper, cool. but I mean that white one that had that really long uh, front face and the the different uh, trooper helmets that, that we're seeing are just amazing. The what? I think that's the new. Or, or is that is that what they were calling? There's a book that came out, or Entertainment Weekly, or something that laid it all out. I think those are the new beach troopers, and yes, their armor is absolutely stellar. Yeah. So it that was really cool to me, the seeing the different armor, to see the different weapons, the different aliens that we're gonna see, and again, you know, a lot of it's all practical. They're not doing all the CG stuff, it, it which I think is great, and that's one of the things okay. that kind of bugged me with you know the prequels. Almost every alien was, was CG'd in instead of just doing kind of the practical stuff. Did you guys see what they were doing um, with some of the space, space flight or the, the spaceship oh. flight dots? They had that huge dome with this huge 360 screen around it. How awesome is that? Yeah. To get true, I mean, and that's oh, that just amazes me. It's like uh, it reminds me of what they did with Galaxy Quest because they actually had the entire set moving so that people could actually react on on set. The actors could actually react like they're really there, and to have that type of 
dedication to be able to have a set piece like that. I, I wish I could see what was going on inside of there, but oh, that is just so incredible. It's like the Sorry. ultimate Disneyland rock. Yeah, except you're actually pretending, you're acting to be a character in Star Wars and you're actually moving around. Like, I don't even need to act at this anymore. I hope that they have at least one person just yell out, Woohoo! No, 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 no. Take that back. I hope someone just yells out something, but not Wahoo. Never Wahoo. Um, <laughs> I love seeing uh, Star Wars' version of Rocket Raccoon going crazy on that huge machine gun. <laughs> that was awesome. The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loved him. <laughs> <laughs> the practical effects I mean I feel like Rogue One is going to be something different something new and at the, at the same time I think it's taking more steps maybe even than The Force Awakens in being an homage film to the originals I mean yeah it's easy to say that because you got the original Stormtroopers and Darth Vader and stuff like that but just the way that they're doing it where, where they're keeping it somewhat contained they're building big sets where they need big sets they're, you're using exotic locations to add to the the, the otherworldly feel of, of Star Wars. I think it's following in a lot of footprints that were left by the original trilogy. And I think Gareth Edwards knows it. I think he's doing a lot to, to throw it back to that, even down to not showing the trailer on TV the same day as, as the people at Celebration got to see. Like, it's just, it's classy. It's I think, yeah, and I think it's really cool that, like, so we got two men who grew up being total Star Wars fanatics, and we get to see two these two different fans make two different Star Wars films. And so yeah. they're going to both have things that are so important, but obviously in, in Star Wars, there are some things that really tug at people more than others. And so I think it's going to be cool getting to see... What it's Gareth, right? Gareth Edwards. Yeah. 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 What, what what were the things that were so important to him? Like, what were the things that he loved the most? So J.J. Abrams, it was the practical effects and the characters and the just the feel of everything. What are the things for Gareth? Like, was was he more into the space battles? Was he more into you know what I mean? Like, just getting to see these different sides of what the directors grew up loving. About about the same films. I think it's going to be super cool. Well, and this is my point of view of it. You know, we've grown up reading all of these books and these comics based on Star Wars, and every author is different the way they tell their stories, and you can tell, you can tell the flavor of the book by the author that writes it. And I think that's what we're getting now with the movies. We're getting that unique flavor of that director for each of these movies set in within the same universe. And it's you know, even if this is, and you can tell this is completely different than the, the all the other movies, but I'm still just as excited about Rogue One, if not more, just because of all the cool stuff I'm seeing, where I'm seeing new uniforms, Vader's going to be in it, who the heck knows who this Admiral is that's dressed in white, um, the new uh, AT, a, you know, the AT-ATs the, that are cargo transports that are massive, I mean, they're much larger, what, you know, and you have people running with blasters at them. I mean, that's epic. I mean, that's what Star Wars is, epic storytelling, and I think we're getting that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and to, I'm just super excited. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. To throw one more detail into Gareth Edwards as a director of this film, he's, he's only worked on one other franchise that is a classic franchise, and that's Godzilla. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. I didn't love it. But for those of us that watched the original Godzilla films, uh, mm -hmm. it, 
it was pretty dang good because it followed oh. the same formula. It followed still this nostalgia of it. Yeah, I my absolutely problem, loved it. My problem with it is that it, wasn't, it was not character driven. It was not character driven at all. But we also have to realize this was his first blockbuster feature Monst- film. Well, Monster, yeah. it had to be character driven because there was only two people in the whole day. But movie. I have faith that Gareth has learned from these experience doing Godzilla, because again, that was his first blockbuster. Well, not only that, but these are characters. I'm not as concerned with this because these are characters that he knows and he loves. You know, this is a world that he knows and loves. Mm-hmm. For all we know, he didn't. He's great at making monster movies. Great, but did he grow up every single day watching Godzilla? Probably not. He didn't. Well, Godzilla. Yeah, and, and, not, and not only that, Disney and Kathleen Kennedy would not have picked him if they didn't have good faith in him. To be honest. Oh yeah. Sure. What were you going to say, Scott? What was I going to say? I don't know. You're, you're going to say something, <laughs> and, and Jared was talking, so you gave it, handed it off to him. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing their interpretation of like this massive uh, beach assault. That oh, I know. It just it really reminds it. it just watching the trailer brings me back to like uh, films such as like Saving Private Ryan. Just this Im- immense battle. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to actually seeing how, like he was explaining in that behind the scenes, it's like you play with action figures or toys in the sandbox and all of a sudden we're playing with those in real life, putting these characters in different situations that you haven't seen them in before. I mean, yes, we've seen them in the snow, but I don't know. It was just something about seeing the stormtroopers walking through the water and up on the beach that just got me so excited. Like, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of stormtroopers. Love them, and and oh, so do I. just seeing that, seeing their that massive assault, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm psyched. I wish we could have seen Darth Vader, but yeah, well, we will. We will. Go it's ahead. Gareth push in this new environment for Star Wars because let's be honest, George Lucas has pushed in. I don't know, every single imaginary environment uh, for Star Wars characters to have their adventures on with the prequels alone. Like, you got your lava planet, you got your rain planet. Got your snow planet. in a beach yet. And I think it's so cool to see something new again because that's something I remember as a kid. You know, like, oh, now we have a lava planet. That's awesome. Or, oh, now we got this water planet. That's awesome. Now we have a beach planet. I'm so excited. I know Jess is excited. Beach is my favorite thing. Came out, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's stormtroopers on a beach!" Like, "Oh my gosh, this is the it's like my two favorite things collided." It's, it's beautiful. Nice. <laughs> well, this is this is the one thing that really excited me is when was the last time in a Star Wars game or movie that you saw them on the beach? Because that immediately pulled me back to the very last planet in Kotor. Oh you know, yeah. You're you're mm. on the beach. You get you're seeing the beach, you're seeing the you know, the tide coming up and it's like this would be really cool if there was an epic battle here, but there really isn't. You know, you gotta wander up and go to the temple, but now he's delivering that. We get to see an epic battle on a beach with water flying up and ATATs slamming their feet down and watching the, the water splash up as they're opening fire and it's like it's like everything you love about Walker Assault and the movies put together. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're 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 not counting um, the uh, invasion of Kashyyyk in Episode Three, right? Because that just um, didn't, it was totally digital. It just didn't feel like I was actually experiencing it. Right. To be, I also feel it was kind of um, it's not okay. swampy or yeah, smoky. Like this is yeah. like paradise and turning it into hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
it, it the whole Kashyyyk battle was just weird. It was off-paced. It felt funky. Um, it yeah, I I, yeah. I just can't include that one. No, no, I agree. It felt like it was just more like a, oh yeah, this is happening over there. But what you really want to know about it, it was like the side story that never really developed. So like yeah. George, like I really wanted to use Kashyyyk and Jedi, so we're just gonna slip it into Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And put Yoda there. Oh, and oh, yeah. uh, Chewbacca's there. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to tie him in and make him look actually a little bit older. Hey. <laughs> uh. All right, well, um, we are out of time. And, uh, wow, time just flies. Before we depart, any new Pokemon? I have to know. Uh, yeah, Jared caught some Scyther. Oh, I hate you. And now I, I now have one of the buffest Pokemon in my area, a Snorlax that I've nicknamed the Ham, standing at two two thousand fifteen CP. Holy cow! Jeez. My Jolteon wants to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> my strongest character only has eighty four CP. Yay! Oh, Daniel! Oh! Go get a wheelchair. We'll push you around the park. I I got the cane now. I can start moving. If we push you on the cane, people will hate us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that said, we're out of here, guys. Later, geeks. Deadpool. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans. It's time to really pull out the stops. So what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life or even in at your work that you think loves geek, loves, you know, superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there we want our numbers to swell and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution so tell your friends about us like us on facebook follow us on twitter and we want to hear from you we want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say... We're out of here, and catch you next time. And, of course, join the Geek Revolution.